John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two actual human form versions of Walking Sunshine. I have Tanya and Raquel, and they have this new book called The Sunshine Mind. I love it. Y'all are so cool and so awesome. How's it going, girls? Thank you. We're so happy to be here with you. This is like kind of the tail end of our our interviews that we've been doing. So it's a little bit like and it's kind of bittersweet, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also like nice because we were doing stuff before the book came out, but now it's like so nice that the book is out and people are reading it and kind of are able to express yeah what it means to them and what they're getting from the book. So it's been really nice. What have y'all found that people are getting from the book? What is the overall response? Because this is, and I love this book because it's digestible. Y'all have like a hundred little bites of key things to do in your life to live in a sunshine mind because y'all both are very optimistic and positive and you, that's not, you weren't just born that way. Y'all actually have practices in place and this book is those practices. So what are people telling you that's happening after they read this? Yeah. Well, I thought this was cool. I was getting coffee the other morning and this mom came up to me and she said, you know, I, I got your book and it's been so nice. My two daughters have it as well. And each day we've been going through it together and it's created these moments of bonding for the three of us. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I think that's what's amazing about it being kind of a day at a time and a journey is it allows room for conversation. 
Um, so that was something that was really cool. I've gotten a lot of DMs of people like listening to it on their way to work and that's helping with their anxiety, starting the day out. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually heard from a friend of mine. Um, and I think the thing that's so awesome about faith is that nothing's coincidence. And she was really praying for, she didn't tell me exactly what it was, but she was really praying for something in her life. And she opened to one of the pages and it was like, she said she literally got her answer right then and there through our book. And I was like, wow, like that's so powerful. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not coincidence that she was on that day or praying for something specific. And so I just think it's cool to see the book meeting people where they are. So y'all are so young to have all this wisdom. Like y'all are so ahead of the game. How did you gather all this wisdom? And how do you know these things being so young and beautiful in the height of like all things happening in your world to know this kind of like elevated spiritual knowledge to the keys of life. I mean, y'all have done some real research out there in the world. Y'all figured some stuff out. (laughs) I will say for me, Raquel has been a big, a big force in that space. Um, It, you know, it was a struggle for me. You know, I think that I do, I have the sunshine mind. It's in me. It's in my spirits and my faith. But I've had a lot of challenges in my life where um, I can I can kind of waver and I can kind of get caught up in things. And I feel like Raquel is that person that's always really sturdy and stable. And I always say like a rock because it's just like she is. She's just like that rock. She's stable. She's steady. She's consistent. Uh, and so, I mean, I think I owe a lot to you. Well, but Tanya, I will say Tanya's energy is sunshine. She walks into a room, your tone, your, how you, you carry yourself is sunshine all the time, which is amazing and, and really necessary in, in the world today. But, um, for me, so I grew up going to church and my faith was a big part of my life, but I wouldn't say fully put it into practice until my teen years. And then when I was moving to LA, everybody was like, oh my gosh, you're going to move to LA, you lose your soul. Like, you know, that's like the opposite. And I found it actually just pushed me further into my faith. So being in so many situations with people who were really struggling, um, being in situations that were dark, seeing so much of not even just in LA, but so much around the world, it, it really pushed me into fully relying on my faith and then understanding that that really is the only way to living a peaceful, free life. So the stuff that we talk about in the book, like I've really had to kind of do the work to live it out because without doing that, it just led to a lack of peace, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And I feel like that's why I'm so impressed that y'all have this book being so young and vibrant that you are, because you really like to have, I feel like to have a, but I feel like people are getting, more awakened earlier too. Like, I feel like it's like, it's starting, people are starting starting to realize like you can't survive in the material world, you know, like you've got to have something bigger to sink into or else it's just emptiness. But I feel like y'all really to know, to be able to have this book and have this amazing insight, you, you have to know it. And I feel like that's the difference between acquiring a faith that you were raised in and then having your own actual faith and practices to bring joy to your life, which to me, this is what this book is. Um, But Raquel, I want to like second what Tanya's saying, because I was actually talking to Allie, who's my intern. She's here here with me. And we were talking about you. Allie's right here. Hello. We were talking talking about you and Selena Gomez's um, documentary. And you and Tanya just saying this too you really have that personality that is that rock for so many people because that's what you were to Selena in that 
film and in the friendship, at least that's what it appears to be. And then like Tanya seconding it, you really have this really calming effect on people. It seems. You. That's so kind. Yeah. I think, you know, that those are the kinds of friends that we're called to be. Right. And I think that when you are grounded in your faith and it's, it's so much a part of who you are, like you are able to love people in a way that is unconditional, that is truthful, that is comforting. It's like, I don't know. It's, I think we're all meant to live our lives like Jesus lived. Right. And that, that was, he was a rock. He was a safe place for people. And we fall short obviously because we're human, but that is how I try to be in, in all of my friendships. But I think it's so interesting too, because, you know, um, I don't want to, not just LA, I think everybody in general, you know, you have those friends, like, and I always say this about Raquel, um, you know, when you break up with somebody and like, you're just bashing them and like talking bad and your friends are like, yeah, that guy sucks. And like, everybody just kind of like joins in on the hate and Raquel always is like the opposite. Like she Mm. sees the good, she gives people grace. And I think it's just kind of like having that different perspective and that different mindset that is like so needed. Um, and it's just counterculture. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like, and I think the book is a lot of that it's counterculture. It's like the opposite of what everybody is like saying to do or things that are just society thinks we should do, or these expectations that are put on us. So it's just kind of like kind of marching to the beat of, of your own drum. Totally, totally feel that. And Tanya, you had like a massive heartbreak. That's what like your your life was over in your mind, right? That's what led you into the arms of Raquel eventually. If it you sounds, wouldn't have, it you wouldn't have so- had a broken heart, y'all would have never met. No, it's true. So true. And yeah. it's so crazy to say that. Um, but I think sometimes when you're that much in love and you go through a heartbreak, it does feel like your life is over. Because, and I think a lot of women especially can relate because especially at that time in my life, I felt like I didn't know who Tanya was. I didn't have a sense of self when he, when we broke up, it was, I didn't know what I like to do for fun. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who my friends were. Uh, I didn't know where I wanted to go professionally. I, it was almost like I was living a life that was for him. And I realized in that, in that breakup that like, I never wanted to attach myself to anybody, any other person like that. And that's when I found my faith. And that's what I attached myself to. And it's like, that is the rock. That's what's never going to go away. My relationship with Jesus is, is mine. Like that's never going to, to go away. And so when I attached myself to that, I think I'm a better partner now because with my current boyfriend, because I'm not, I have not attached myself to him the way that I did previously, which I think is honestly unhealthy. I think you're so wise and that's so true. And just realizing that this life is so much bigger than one person and like thinking it can only, if this one person leaves us, then we're completely destroyed, but it's so normal. Yeah, I didn't even like, I didn't want to go. I didn't know how to do anything alone. I didn't want to go to a wedding mm-hmm. alone. I didn't want to go to a party alone. And now I go everywhere. Alone. <laughs> like I'll do anything. Yeah. And now you're like, man, I'm so cool. Like, why was I holding out on myself? Like I'm like so much fun to hang out with. Yeah. I have a hard time doing stuff with people now because I feel like (laughs) (laughs) I used to be so social and literally I'm turning 40 this year and I had like a spiritual, I've always been on a spiritual quest, but like these past couple of years, it's been like deep into it. And I live in Nashville. Okay. 
And I, uh, yes, I recently just went deep down into the depths of my soul as far as I could go. And I'm like, man, I just can't hang out with people. I don't know how to have, I don't know how to have small talk anymore. I'm not a good partier anymore. Like, I don't know how to have fun. <laughs> I'm basically just, if you don't want to have a deep conversation with me, I'm pretty much no good for anyone. It's terrible. Wow. I love that. But you'll find your fit. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like you though. Like, I prefer to go to a, go to dinner, have meaningful conversation. Like I'm not trying to be, yeah, in the party scene. So y'all both though are in the scene, like hard. Like y'all are in the scene. Cause like, both deep have, in the scene, Caroline, deep in the scene. we're deep in it. Yeah. I know whether you want to be in the scene or not, you're in the scene. Y'all have, y'all both have podcasts of your, of your own. Uh, Tanya, are you, you're with the Ryan Seacrest show. Is that right? Did yes. I read that? Okay. On the earth, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Okay. So you're on the biggest syndicated radio show in probably the world, maybe. And, okay, in the world. And you talk to all the famous people. And then Raquel, you are best friends with Selena Gomez. She credits you as one of the people for like saving her life. I mean, so y'all are truly, y'all are seeing behind the fourth wall. You know what the highest of the highest of success aspirations achieved looks like. Like, Y'all have seen this. Like there is no veil for you guys. Yeah. You know? So as someone, two people that you guys are who are so grounded in your faith and you are, you have realized you cannot rely on the world for happiness and true joy, but yet you also know what it looks like to see people who have everything you could ever imagine as far as success, career, beauty partners being sexy going to all the sexy things you know you see it all so that's just such a wonderful you have such a wonderful like spectrum of it all you know you're just you're getting to taste test it all and like see what really matters and what really creates happiness because a lot of the most famous people are not the happiest and I'm sure y'all been able to see that firsthand so has that like played into like understanding happiness on a bigger level for you guys? Because you actually have seen what people think will make them happy and realize love, that it doesn't. I love this thought and and that question because 100% yes. And this goes beyond, you know, Selena, th this is just across the board living in LA. You're around the most famous, successful, wealthy people in the entire world and um, I have found exactly what you said. Some of, you know, a lot of those people to, to have a deep sense of unhappiness, a huge lack of peace. And what I have found is that if you do not prioritize your inner life, which is why we wrote the book, mm. whatever happens to you will never satisfy you, will never fulfill you. It will only make you more miserable. But on the flip side, if you do prioritize your inner life, if that is strong, if that is thriving, when you do achieve the height of success, when you do have all of that, you're able to handle it. You're able to live life generously. You're able to use it as a vehicle to do good for the world. I have full body um, chills happening right now. That is so profound. And, it. and I think it's important to say that because I think a lot of people are quick to be like, oh, well, you know, money makes everybody miserable. It's, it's not true. It can be amazing, but only if your inner life is solid and yes. you're part That's and the key. So it is key. And I've lived it. I've seen it up close. And I I sometimes I'm like, I, I literally feel like all of my 20s were spent experiencing the highs of the highs only to see that there is nothing that satisf 
satisfies like the spirit, like your inner life. And so, um, yeah, I turned 30 last year and I feel like I'm, I've gone into this next decade understanding that on an even deeper level. And so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm very much aware that as my life continues to grow and, and thing yeah, have more success or things happen more, it's always coming back to the inner life and making sure that that is strong and thriving and, and, and digging deep daily into that so that, um, my life is constantly focused on, um, on service and on using my gifts and talents to, to make a difference in the world because or else nothing really means anything. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting city, you know, and I think that when you're new in it, you can really get caught up in the, you know, the, in LA, there's something every single night. There well, is an hard event. not every, they can't keep try it. There is an event every single night. There's a red carpet every single night. I've been out every night this week. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's, 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 but there's accolades, there's award shows, there's, you know, we're the, you know, it's, it's a constant. Also, no one works normal jobs, right? So people be like, it's like a Tuesday at, you know, 1 p.m. And people are like, hey, like you want to go to this place? And then it's like, oh, and then there's an event tonight. It's not normal. Like it's not normal. No, no, it's constant. It's constant. And what's interesting is for me, I remember when I was starting out, you know, I work really early in the morning. And so I can't go out during the week when I, you know, I was trying to make all make my friends, like I was trying to make friends and I can't go to any of these things at night. Cause I work really early and you could, that can be like very discouraging. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, I'm never going to make friends. I can't go to any of this stuff. And what's interesting is I was able to really find the friends that were true t- and wanted to be friends with me for me because they would be like, okay, that's fine. You can't come then let's go get coffee tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Let's meet during the day. Like when you get off work or, um, uh, it's like you, know, you didn't miss your window. If you couldn't, make I didn't miss my window. And I think it's so important for people to know that you don't have to be at everything. You know, you don't have to stretch yourself so thin. You don't have to be something that you're not like, I was just never, I could not be that girl. I could not go to a club until two in the morning to make friends or do, you know, to hang out with people. Cause I had to be in bed. And so it's like, stay true to who you are. Stay mm. true to the path that you're on. It doesn't matter. You're still going to meet the friends and, and create the relationships that you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Oh, both of y'all dropping it like it's hot. I mean, yeah. so good. I love both of that. Saying true to who you are, not getting caught up. Isn't that the truth with all the things that can get caught up in? Because like even what you're saying, Raquel, social media can be a wonderful thing if your heart and you are, you are healthy on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing with having money. If you are doing your, if you're healthy on the inside and you're doing your work to stay that way, then if you have money, then you can actually do good things with it because you actually have a bigger, higher purpose to have money. And same with what you're saying, Tanya, if you just honor who you are, which is hard to do sometimes because it took me the longest time to get through all the layers and all the stuff to even know who I was. Like, what do yeah. I even like? What do I even want to do? What fuels me? That took me years to figure that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of operate by that, what feels good to who I am? and then using your gifts and your blessings to bless others, that really is the secret and the path. And it can take all the anxiety and worry about trying to keep up or anything because like you're in alignment, but just it makes life actually really light and really fun too. Yeah. You just exactly what you said. You're just aligned and you're, there's not attachment to external things. Yeah. That's something like I found that this has been such a, like a 
powerful saying in my life is being open to the possibility, but not attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you attach yourself to an outcome, I remember when uh, my podcast was nominated for People's Choice Award, and I wrote about this in the book. The first year, we were like shocked. We thought somebody was pranking us. It was like Oprah, Amy Schumer, and then our podcast. So I was like, this has got to be some sort of a prank. And it wasn't. And so we like totally just had fun with it. And we were like campaigning and like trying to win it. And then when we won, it was like, it was a crazy feeling. Like we won it against all these huge names. Against Oprah? Against (laughs) Oprah. I mean, yeah, that's big time. Yeah. But it was like, it didn't, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't add to the ego. It was more of like, uh, this is the craziest thing ever. And like, so fun. And then like it happened again the next year. And then the next year we were nominated and we didn't win it. And it was like, oh, that stinks. You know, we didn't win it, but it didn't affect us as people. You know what I mean? Like we weren't attached. We're never attached to the outcome, open to the possibility, but not attached to any outcome. Cause I think when you get attached mm-hmm. to an outcome, I learned this in my relationship that really like spiraled me was I was attached to the outcome that we were going to get married. We were going to have a family. We were going to do all these things. And I was so attached to that outcome that when it, when we broke up, it was like, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with my life. So then I was like, I can't attach myself to anything like that ever again. I love that. And I love that too. Cause that kind of goes back to Raquel, what you were saying, like being, I love this being good on the inside. Once you're good on the inside and working on your mental and spiritual health on the inside, then it's like you can enjoy winning and you can actually yeah. like enjoy that moment and enjoy the love and the good energy there. But then also be like, okay, I don't need this to define who I am, but this feels so good to have it. So let me enjoy it with good, a good heart. You know, you can actually then enjoy moments probably more as well. So true. So I don't know. Do y'all have a book handy? Cause I would love for y'all just to kind of go through some of the lists. I mean, I have a book handy if you don't, I can read them. Mm-hmm. I would love I have, to kind of do I was gonna say I have one downstairs. You want to grab it? Do you want me to grab it? Sure. I kind of would just love to go through some of the bullet points that y'all talk about. And like we yeah, said earlier, great. I love this because they're digestible. It's like bite size. And so I digestible. I'm not a great reader. Like I don't love to sit down and just read a book. Even I mean, I've been in a book. You know, we have audio version too for all the non-readers. Audio. But even with this though, it's like you can read one page a day. Yeah. You I know, know it's, really it's yeah. like a devotional without being a devotional, but it's, it gives you yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. I like the way that. you put that. That's true. And I also love that you guys take turns kind of like having your thoughts about each one. Like in yeah. each one, there's a bullet point that you talk about, but then one of y'all breaks down, breaks it down more. How did y'all decide who breaks down what? We, you know what, it was kind of what resonated with each person more. So Tanya, for example, like, let's say we needed something that was a story about dating. Tanya has really been out there (laughs) dating. So it was like, those would normally go to her if there was something that was like, maybe, I don't know, a little spiritually kind of deep resentment, forget those kinds of things. I would be like, okay, I'm going to take that one. So we, it kind of depended on what yeah, was we both had different strengths yeah. and weaknesses. So we could, it was a kind of easy to delegate in that way. So this book just wrote itself. Y'all knew who y'all knew what was meant for who and how to combine. It was an easy flow for y'all. It was, yeah, it was pretty flow. easy. Yeah, flow, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's That's hard awesome. writing a book. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The process <laughs> wasn't easy, but the flow was easy. Yeah. 
can't imagine like all the things you have to do on a book once you write the book. Like mad respect for people out here writing any book, but like this isn't even like a novel. And I was like, wow. I mean, it's it's a process. Yeah. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This book is so great. It is just, I just love how you've broken it down into bite sizes that we can handle and that you can do daily. Because I have come to realize that you have to like put stuff into your mind every day. You have to feed yourself. You really have to find the information, the peer group, people to hang out with, things to like read and consume daily because you have to make it a practice. Like it's not like you, if we don't practice these things, then we can easily fall back into bad habits that don't serve us, you know? Yeah, so true. Do y'all have daily practices? I mean, I know you wrote a whole book about things to do, but is there like daily practices you guys do to make sure, especially like before you're going on air and you're going to go talk to people and you got to be in a mindset, like what do you do to make sure you come in? Because don't people say you're too happy? Like you're like too nice. (laughs) What do you do when you're too nice? I was always, it wasn't nice wasn't the word. It was too, uh, too happy, too, uh, 
too much. I was always too much because I was always very like loud and happy and too positive. And I was like, okay. What do you do about that? How do you like internalize that? And like, what do you do with that information? Okay. I'm too I'm able to like, if somebody says something about me, obviously things like things hurt and you, you, you know, you take them personally, but I'm, I'm really able, I know who I am and I know myself. So I'm able to kind of block it out it goes back to the inner life when yeah. you know who you are you're kind of like but when it off. comes from somebody that is professionally above you you know like a superior somebody at your at your work that is that is of you know i don't know superiority isn't the right word but you know what i'm saying like, yeah, like somebody a, like a boss like a something. boss yeah. you know professionally it can really damage you you know like it can really affect you in a big way and so i think um when i was starting out in my career that was really really tough for me but i'm really grateful that i had certain people in my like ryan was one of those people and there was a couple other producers behind the scenes that really believed in me and and saw the potential in me and kind of carried me through even above all the other noise so did you have training to be on air or did your personality and your life just lead you there so it's funny. I I was a journalism major in college, but I was doing print journalism, so it's very very different. It's not broadcast. Um, but I was started out as a producer for the Honor with Ryan Seacrest Morning Show, so I was always behind the scenes and I loved it. Um, but I had like a really good rapport and and with Ryan. And so when the co-host at the time got her own morning show gig and they were auditioning new people to be the co-host, um they basically approached me and said, we would love to create a third mic position for you. We want to bring you on air. So like I, wow. kind of, yeah, it was pretty incredible. Huge deal. Huge deal. It doesn't happen, especially in LA. Um, oh, people would like cut off their left leg to get that gig. I'm sure there'd be, if they announced auditions, there'd be millions of people to audition. And they're like, here you go. Can you have, isn't that funny about life? See, this goes back to life. It's so true. It's like you, what's meant for you will find you. It will. It's really crazy. And I wrote about this in the book too, because I think, you know, people can find themselves in in different testimonies. And I think that um, I, I started out working for a morning radio show in Tucson, which is where I was in college. And it was at the time where the economy, there wasn't a lot of people were graduating and not getting jobs. Like the economy was just very, very bad. And so I was like, I have a job. So I'm just going to stay in Tucson and keep doing this morning radio show. Right. The late, the like massive layoffs happened. They let off all their part-time employees. Mind you, I'm 21 years old. So I, this is the height of where you're taking things personally. And I also didn't have a relationship (laughs) with God at the time. So I was just an emotional basket. That's totally a a nuclear combination right there. Yeah. I was like, they let me go. I'm a horrible employee. Like everything (laughs) personal. And really I was just a number and it was just a financial decision for them. Had I not been laid off from that position and I was forced basically to come home, LA, Orange County, I never would have had this opportunity. I never would have been a part of the on air with Ryan Seacrest morning show. And it was God literally pushing me out of that position that I was in in Tucson to bring me to the bigger platform that he wanted me on. But at the time it was horrible. Going well, through- say, I feel like I'm like you, like I'm such a hopeless romantic. I have been like, I was in love with love looking so deep before it heartbroken all the time. But it's like, God's finally like, okay, do I have to just like break your heart into a million pieces for you to get the message? Yes. Yes, you do. Okay. 
Please. Yeah. That's the only way I'm going to receive it. Yeah, yeah. But like that, I will never forget being let go from a, or fired or whatever. For me, it was let go, but being rejected from a job is the ultimate heartbreak because yes. it's like, it's so, it's very, like very You hard. personally did not yeah. do a good enough job because you are not fulfilling what that employer needs. It, it, I totally, yes. It's like so personal. You're like, but I gave it everything I had and you're firing me. No, it was really, and I'm like, I'm graduating. It's supposed to be the best time of my life. And I was like, so upset. But I love that because heartbreak really, I mean, when, when, a, when you have a massive heartbreak or a huge, terrible thing that feels terrible in your life, there is going to be a rebirth after it. Yeah. Like there will. True. And it's yeah. going to be better. I mean, I feel like it really will. It might be bad for a while, but there will be redemption and something that is so wonderful that you could have never planned for because it wasn't in our plans. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So, and then how did you get to LA, Raquel? How did you get involved? And in, like, you're doing producing oh and you're behind the scenes. It's Where did your story come so from? Unconventional. I grew up between Chicago and England. My dad's British. And um, so, so cool. I in England for all of my elementary school years. And then <gasps> is that awesome? it was the best. I loved it. I still love England. England feels more like home to me than Chicago. So if I like in an ideal world, I'd love to live between LA and London. What is it um, like growing up in England? Uh, it's really nice. You know, it's <laughs> every, but the P- British people, are, they're very genuine. Like I had my friends. So it's a more simple life. I mean, we lived out, we're in Cambridge in you know, kind of in a village. <gasps> I studied in Cambridge. Did? I did in, in high school, I studied at Cambridge University. Yeah. Cambridge University is one of the best universities in the world. It was amazing. I lived there for a month and I had the most like just magical time. So, you know, you know all about Cambridge. That's where you live? I lived in Cambridge. Yeah. Oh, that's a so town cool. And, you know, it's a simpler life, right? Like you have, it's always be like growing up in the country, but I, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I had an accent. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it was awesome. Anyways, then I was 12, family moved back to Chicago, lived in Chicago from 12 to 18. And then I was in my first semester of college and I wasn't loving my school and I, but I had a boyfriend and then it ended and it was a bad breakup. And during that time, my dad got a job transfer to move to L.A. And so he said, you know, do you want to move with the family? I have two younger brothers and my mom. And had that breakup not have happened, which at the time was really devastating, I would have never moved. I would have been like, oh, I'm just Here staying. it is again. The yeah, it was, it was the rebirth, right? So it's like a heartbreak pushed, you, pushed me into really my destiny and so there was like a six month window of time and I didn't like my school. And there was a woman at my church who was a news anchor for Fox News um, in Chicago. And I said, can I just come work for you for six months before I move to L.A. to decide if I still want to keep on the journalism path? She said, yes, so I worked for her and I loved the news business because every day was different. We would go out and do stories and like it was really, really fun and cool. And she was like, I think you're going to love L.A. And anyways, long story short. I moved to LA. She connects me with my first job out here, which had nothing to do with the news. It was like I was managing this high-end art showroom in Beverly Hills, and I was taking community college classes at um, Santa Monica College. And my goal was to transfer to USC. Or at their, they have a great journalism program. Then during that time, I mean, this was I was nineteen. I don't know. This is like eleven years ago now. The whole business was changing, right? So it used to be 
with broadcast journalism, you would get your four-year degree, then you go to a small market in, you know, Iowa, Kansas, or Florida or something, and then gradually work your way up to the big networks. And I started to really, once I made friends out here, I started to really like my life. And I was like, oh, that's never going to be for me. I don't want to move. I don't want to like, you know, and that's just part of it. And um, so then I started doing freelance work for Teen Vogue and I would do like red carpet stuff for American Music Awards, Snapchat takeovers. So I was still working at the showroom and doing freelance stuff. I worked as an assistant. I wor- I mean, like my path was so unconventional when I tell you is beyond. I love that though. You yeah, really flowed. You've really gone worked- with your flow. I went with the flow. I worked for Selena and then, um, then I ended up shifting into in like end of 2018 working project based with her. So we have a cooking show together on HBO Max called Selena Plus Chef. And um, and then we did the documentary, uh, which I was a producer on and also in. And then um, I realized like I, I really want to, you know, work on projects, whether it be through a book or through a, a video podcast series or through a documentary that are making a difference and that are helping people. And so my path was a very unconventional one, but now I'm I'm producing a couple of other projects and um, all in the space of helping people of making a difference. And so when people are like, how did you get to where you are right now? Uh, there is no formula. There yeah. is no path. There is no, even you asked if we're, what are daily routines. I have stuff I do day to day. I, there is no routine. So I, I take Pilates classes, but I like fit them in. I find that really good for my mental health helps me to calm down. I do a lot of walks. I pray it, but it's like, it's so much a part of my daily life. There's no like scheduled time. But also that's because I don't have a job where I'm like going into an office and have to schedule things that way. Um, it's, and it's more it's, like just becoming aware of your nervous system too, you yeah. know, and like your mental capacity. Like, cause I can feel it now. Like if I haven't had a yoga class or if I've been with too many people doing too many things, I can feel it coming on, you know, it's like I need. Well, it's also about like kind of figuring out how you are and how you operate. You know what I mean? Like I'm the opposite. Like my life is very routine, very regimented and I have a schedule. So like, to me, I love to get to bed at a certain time. I love to make my bed in the morning. I love to make my coffee at home. I like to, uh, like, I make my food the night before. I like to know what I'm eating the next day. Oh, well, I like to yeah. have it with me because I'm constantly like, you know what I mean? I never know when I'm Well, because come. you're waking up so early and especially yeah. like if you, you know you want to feel good. So you want to make sure you have your right fuel already ready. And you want right. to do that the night before because you got to wake up with a butt crack to probably get to the radio station. So that makes so much sense. You're setting yourself up for success by eliminating variables that you can eliminate. So you can then show up and do your job and be exactly. And neither is right or wrong. It's like, that's so unique to what works for you. And it is what you said. It's paying attention to your nervous system and, and, and honoring that. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. 
and nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisper on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and like realizing, okay, like if you've gone to work a few times and like you were stressed out every time it came to lunch and you ended up eating shit food and then you felt bad, you know, it's like, okay, it's worth it in your life, in your scenario to prioritize making sure you're meal prepped and the idea, it's so true. It's like knowing yourself and what works for you and listening to our bodies. That is like something that I try to do now all the time. Like really listen to myself. What is myself telling me? Am I tired? Am I stressed out? Do I need to recharge? Do I have tons of energy right now? I need to like move it and have ideas and like trusting the flow and the season. Cause I feel like our bodies communicate to us all the time. Do y'all feel so, that? Yeah. But I love to, to kind of like circle back on both of y'all's stories. That for people listening, and I especially love to talk to people who feel lost because I have felt lost so many times in my life. And I'm also like you guys, like if I was to break down to you my life and how I ended up podcasting and like doing what I do, I could, I could never give you a formula. Like I have literally been like trial by fire and error, error, and just like trusting the next move that felt right, you know, like just kind of trusting my intuition. But I feel like if you trust your intuition and you know that you're made for something and you feel and you feel it, like, you know, you can feel when you're on to what feels good, you know, for your life. And I feel like if you just keep trusting that and taking the moves and the risk and like following the heartbreaks and like doing the next thing that feels right, like that's to me, the only way to end up where you're supposed to go. What what do you guys think? What if you're talking to someone who just feels completely lost and needs a next move? How would you, what would you tell them? Oh, I mean, I've been there like so many times over, right? It's, it's, that's where, again, it comes back to going inward, focusing on your inner life and just being so straight up with, I don't know if you feel comfortable praying or if you just feel comfortable, like uh, maybe it's just putting out an intention and meditating 
I will say out loud, I'll be like, God, I'm so confused right now. I feel so lost. I don't know what direction to take. Please help to give me wisdom and discernment as to what the next right move is and give me peace. Um, so I'll pray that out loud and then I'll spend time. Um, if I'm going for a walk, just thinking about things that I'm grateful for having gratitude, even just to be in nature or whatever, because I think when we go back to gratitude, it brings us back to a centered place. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes if you don't know what to do and something's in front of you, it's just making that next step. And if it's wrong, I found that even when something is a wrong step, it redirects you into what's right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's like hitting the nail on the head. I think yeah. sometimes often people you look at the big picture and you can't really break it down. And I like, you know, let's use an example of somebody is very overweight and for their health, they need to lose, I don't even know, let's say a hundred pounds, right? That sounds very taxing. It sounds like I'll never get that done. That sounds impossible. But if you break it down and you really kind of just start taking small little steps, whatever that may be, you know, eliminating something out of your diet, uh, being active daily, whether it's just a walk, you know, and then gradually just stepping forward and continuing on in that journey. It's like taking these little steps. And I think uh, even this book was a testimony to that because I knew I wanted to write a book, right? 2018, forever ago. And I didn't exactly know what it was. And I started doing a proposal of a dating book, something completely different. And it didn't work out. And then this kind of came to be. So it was like, you might not, it might not work out. Like the first step you take might not be the step you're supposed to take, but it will, you eventually will get there. And I think sometimes too, when people are starting their own businesses, everything just seems very grand, like the task seems so big, but it's like, if you just start making small changes and consistently keep moving forward, you're going to get there. That is so true. And going back to like the book example, you ended up sharing dating advice. Like you shared so many amazing pieces of dating advice. So you have that in there as well. It's just being open to letting it move and evolve and take shape. And yeah, just letting it have its own life, like having the idea and then just kind of letting it grow and evolve, not holding yeah. it. What was that you said? Hopefully optimistic, but not holding it to, to the possibility, not attached to the outcome. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Y'all are amazing. The Sunshine Mine, Tanya Rad and Raquel Stevens awesome. Everyone needs to grab it. It's a great devotional. It's just a great daily read too. I mean, you can read the whole thing at once if you want to. It's one of those you can carry yeah. in your purse. It's like, it's just like great reminders and you'll have great, great stories. Thank you all for coming on. I always wrap up with leave your light, which is perfect for you. Sunlight beams of just radiating love, leave your light. What do you want people to know? It's super open-ended. Yeah. Prioritize your inner life. And the external will always flow and work out the way that it's meant to. And if you don't know how to do that, something really simple and practical that you can start with is just close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, focus on the things in your life that you're grateful for, and immediately watch your body, feel your body shift into a more centered place. And I think that's a great place to start if you can start each morning that way. Love that. Uh, I would say rejection is God's redirection. So if you're going through something uh, in your life where you're being rejected, 
whether it's romantical, 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 romantic or professional, um, just know that it's God redirecting you to something even bigger and better. You may not see it. It may not come to fruition in a month, two months, six months, two years, but it will come. Love that. Y'all are awesome. I'm so glad y'all have become this dynamic powerhouse duo teaming up, blessing the world with this book and your amazing just love radiation that you're putting out there. The Sunshine Mind, everyone grab it. It's honestly, this is a great gift too. This is just great. It is where, a great gift. Yeah. It's a great gift. Where yeah. who, uh, where can everyone find you guys? We are on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. Um, and audio version is also available as well. Any Instagrams to follow? Oh yeah, at Raquel Stevens. And I'm at Tanya Rad. Y'all are awesome. Thank y'all so much for coming Bye. on. Y'all yeah. are so awesome. We love what you're doing as well. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, I really us. appreciate the time. Hey, I think we're all just trying to spread this message. You know, it's, it's, I just want, I'm with you. I want people to hear this stuff and realize that like, you're not stuck. There's a way out. It's higher. It takes work, but everyone can get there. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all have a great day. Bye. You. Bye. Bye. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it! That's really it! And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) As a high school student. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.